welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. Today, we have the SEO whisperer for you, Colleen Harris of CDK Global. Chats with us about the finer points when managing your Google My Business listening. We will cover why department listings in the local panel are super important and how to set them up without screwing them up. Also, how to expedite the listing verification process. No pain tips for you. And how local SEO can show value to your website, to everybody involved with your marketing process. Plus, how the COVID-19 SERP is a glimpse at all future SERPs. We will get into that as well. I am your host, Morty Oberstein. I am joined by the unceasing, the mordant, Sapir Carabello. Hello, Morty. Hello, Sapir. How goes quarantine week? Who the hell knows what day it is today? I have no idea. I've been wearing the same clothes for a week. Oh my god, are you serious? Uh, there was a couple of days last week where I was off. I took we, we, We've been away for a week. I had to take a week off. I seriously, between managing work oh, no. and managing the kids at the same time, because my wife is not home, she's a nurse, she's actually working, helping people. I'm stuck with everybody by myself, and I was really losing my mind. More than usual. Like a super dad. I am super dad until you realize yeah. how bad my parenting is. Then I'm not super dad. <laughs> I said to my kid yesterday, <laughs> you'll probably talk about this, where we were talking about. I said, like, you'll probably talk about this with your therapist when you get older. Anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah, so I had to take a week off. I know what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. So, like, last week, I wore, like, yeah. I drank a bottle of wine every single day, and I wore the same clothes for a week. I don't care. That sounds healthy. It sounds okay. disgusting. But it worked. <laughs> it was it, it was okay. cathartic in some kind of weird way. How are you? How's your life been? I'm I'm about to go crazy. I didn't leave my house in four weeks. Wow! Like, Seri- nothing. Yeah. You are you are a quarantine superstar, right there. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> Can I tell you how angry it makes me to see people? Go- like I'm staying inside with all my four kids going crazy, and people are like walking around outside having parties. I saw the dumbest, my, it's crazy, I'm like losing my mind, like screw you, get back indoors so I can get back outdoors, you jackasses. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Swear, I saw the craziest thing, I was fixing something on my porch, I was like on a ladder, and my next door neighbor like had a party for like a a pool party with a bunch of neighborhood kids, and his kid, one of his, yeah, it was insane, and the kid is playing a saxophone. And the neighbor grabs it, shoves it into his mouth, and starts playing it. I'm like, have you? do you not know what's going on in the world today? Oh, my God. I almost fell off the ladder and off, like, off my porch. <laughs> I, got my, oh, I go wow. to my wife, like, what? I, I feel like, you know, like screaming at them. But, like, what do you tell people, like, who don't even know basic? Like, you clearly are too ignorant to either read the news or you don't know how to read. I don't know what it is. Are you just an idiot? Right. <laughs> I'm losing it. Some people. Losing it. What's with people? I had a Please. low estimation of humanity beforehand, and now it's even lower. <laughs> I can't imagine. Sucks. But you see, you don't. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like people are just like going yeah, out, like yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah. What do you do about that? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I. Are you allowed to hit them with baseball bats? If you're like, you get a two meter baseball bat, like six feet baseball <laughs> bat, like a hockey stick, like two hockey sticks. Are you allowed yeah, to I smack think that's them? Not it. I think I don't think that's legal, but you know, should be what you got to do. I guess should be. Not only should it be legal, it should be rewarded. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Okay. okay, okay. 
Do not forget, we put out a new episode of the Insert SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. Of course, you can find it on the Rink Ranger blog. And you can and may and should subscribe on iTunes. Okay. Yep. Yep, there it is. Also, also... Did you know you can integrate your in-house data into Rank Ranger via our Google Sheets integration? In a time where tracking your revenue and ROI is of the utmost importance, use Rank Ranger to import your internal figures to track the full impact of your marketing campaigns. Head over to Rank Ranger right now, rankranger.com. Well, not right now, after the podcast. Oh, go ahead right now, whatever. <laughs> head over to rankranger.com, click on sign up for a free trial, click on get a demo, and check it out for yourself. Right. Woo, boy. Woo. I would breathe in deeply, but I'm afraid I'll get COVID-19. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So we've been off for a week. Did you did yeah. you enjoy our week off? Sure. Sure. That was nice. <laughs> it was refreshing. Nice. Everything, <laughs> everything with you was so understated. Yeah, nice. It was refreshing. I am an android. <laughs> what did <you> say? <laughs> I am a robot from the 60s. I don't know. It's up to you what you want to say. I was just saying that it was nice, refreshing to have a week off, you know. Mm-hmm. Not speaking to you. That's yeah, good. There we go. That's See, good. yeah, a little something. Yeah. Little something. <laughs> little something. Okay, so yeah, we've been off for a week, um, which got me thinking about changes. Big changes. Small changes. All sorts of oh, changes. It got you thinking? Oh, good joke. You never made that one before. Right, so uh, Taking you a little while to get back into the room of things. I get it. So yeah, I was thinking <laughs> about changes, and there are some big changes coming to oh. this podcast. Okay. Some really cool stuff coming to the podcast. Probably like next week, I'll announce it. Yay. Yay. It's it's exciting. It is. You, you're part of this podcast, Sapir, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so just climb it. on board it's and enjoy it. Voice. You're every, like I said, everything with you is understated. Like if you won the <laughs> if you won the lottery, like what would what what would you say? Yay. Fascinating. Yay. <laughs> this is fascinating. I've won money. <laughs> Some people just don't like to show, you know, too much uh, emotion. Like I said, 1960s robot, I won the lottery. Look at me. I have money now. <laughs> With that, uh, there that. is one change that we are making now. Well, like not now, like in 20 seconds from now. All of yeah. this time, we have been doing a first segment before the actual interview. And the reason that started was like a quick, it was supposed to be a quick five minute thing but nothing with me is quick right. nothing <laughs> taking it too far um and, and and it's morphed it's morphed into this like 15 minute gargantuan rambling i think awesome insights but hey um and i don't think it's That's fair to our guests just me it's just me right yeah settling is fair to the guests like they should go right. first they are our priority they are our special guests they go first they should have priority so we're going to switch things around we're going to do the interview first, and then afterwards, you can hear me go on why I think the COVID-19 SERP is the future of all SERPs. That is coming, but first, there will be an interview, which is the opposite of what we've been doing. Right. So that's what it'll be. So Pierre's like, understated again. Right. Not like, oh, oh that's cool. Are- that's awesome. <laughs> Very understated. Either way, right. either way, I'm gonna either way, I'm gonna listen to you rambling. So, like for me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do me a favor, then. Instead of saying right, I want you to really go on full sixties robot and say factual, factual. <laughs> that is correct. We will be doing this. 
factual. I don't speak like a robber. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it'd be great if you did. <laughs> it would be great. Careful what you wish for. I wish for many things, and I fully regret most of them. Um, <laughs> okay, so okay. way, way, way back, who the hell knows when it was? I don't even know anymore. Again, like, I really don't know what today is. I have no idea anymore. <laughs> We spoke to, I spoke, we all spoke, I don't know, whatever, I spoke, I don't know how to say that. The podcast. The podcast spoke with Colleen Harris of CDK Global back at SMX West. This is a bit of a shorter interview. We were in between sessions. I was like, I just spoke and I was like still coming down from that. And there's another session that I think she was speaking like you know, soon after that. So it's a little bit on the shorter side. Apologies. But it's great stuff. And afterwards, again, interview. Then we'll talk about COVID-19 on the SERP. So here now is my interview with Colleen Harris from SMX West, all about the finer details of managing your Google My Business listing. Cut one. Welcome to a very special and very live In Search SEO podcast session. Today, I am live at the SMX West event in beautiful San Jose, California. I am sitting with an SEO whisperer. No, 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 an SEO Jedi and a famed industry speaker and Google Analytics maven. Give it up for Colleen Harris. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me today. This is great fun. This is my pleasure. Um, We're sitting in the lobby at the XMS convention, and I have to ask you a question. You like soap operas. Yes. My grandmother was like the soap opera queen of soap operas. It's how so I got which started. Which is your favorite? Are your grandmother also? Yes. Awesome. They, yeah, the grandmothers love soap operas. Yes. They do. I will say it is All My Children, even though it was canceled years ago and hasn't been on for a while, because that is how I first got into doing anything related to kind of marketing and SEO oh, really? and things like that. Yes. Cool. How was I, that? Wait, what's the connection between... Um, all My Children. I was going to say oh, General Hospital, but well, All My yeah. Children. And- no, so in All My Children, there was a couple of Bianca and Maggie back in, this is going to date me and I'm going to be really old when I say this, back in about 2000. So I joined the message board for this like fandom back in 2000. And from there, they were starting to kind of do marketing campaigns for both of the actors and like these fan campaigns. And so I started building the website and doing some of the marketing around that for these very like fan driven random campaigns that got great notice and great acclaim. And that's how I got into everything related to that. That's actually amazing. Yeah. So then I turned it into a side hustle and I started working (laughs) for some of the actors to build their websites and market them. And then from there, I turned that into actual like a marketing assistant job. Nine to five, get a paycheck. That's amazing. Now, the amazing part is you're able to keep track of that. David was sleeping with this one, and he also killed that one whose sister was this one. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And <laughs> I love I love the trashy fun of that, and I always have. So, yes, all of my start in search and numbers and everything related to the web starts from soap operas. That is an amazing st- Moral of the story is watch more soap operas. Trashy TV is where it's at. Trashy TV is where it's at. That's awesome. Okay. So we're going to be talking about Google My Business. And um, I, I know you have a process. You have a lot of different um, research and processes I want to, I want to get to. But um, I, I before we get into any of it, I really want to make sure. So when we're talking about Google My Business and listings working correctly and they're set up correctly in Google My Business and getting into department listings, which you really want to get into, what are department listings within Google My Business. So that's going to fit for certain type of businesses. And the problem is, is that as we see in SEO, once one thing rolls out for one kind of business, everybody wants oh, it for yes. all the time. 
and it's not going to fit every time, but this is if like, I think the best idea is like a Target or a Walmart is going to have a pharmacy in there. It's going to have a bank in there. You're going to have actual, a lot of Walmarts have McDonald's in theirs and things like that. That is when you will have a department listing. When you have something within a larger business that could be a standalone business in its own, that's when you want to think about your department listings. So I work in the nine to five world within automotive. So it's a lot of your service department and your parts department. If you could take that thing and do it on its own and make money, that should have a department listing within your main Google My Business listing. So let's say you are on Walmart and you have a McDonald's in your department. So you wouldn't, I mean, your store rather, you would not list that in the. I would do. Or yeah, you would. I would. But wouldn't that just go to McDonald's website? If you click on it? It'll be on the McDonald's website, but if you're managing that kind of business, a shopping center or things like that, you also want it to be able to show that you have all of these things within there and have a little bit more control over what hours are going to show for particular searches for your business. That's a good point. Because if you're managing it for the bigger business, you should have control over the listings for every department you have. So one of the things I want to ask you is, I'm trying to remember when I noticed this. It's a while ago, maybe a year or two ago. One of the major department stores in America, I'm not going to say who they are because maybe the SEO person is listening. Well, maybe you're listening and you should know. So Macy's. Well, throw shade. I'm good with that. I'm good with tea. Uh, No, but it's not a bad thing. I'm just, you know, you should know about it. So here we're going to help you if you're listening. When you Google, let's say, Macy's Herald Square, their their flagship store in New York. So they have all sorts of departments, you know, um, men's clothes, women's clothes, beauty, whatever it is. But instead, what you get is, um, if I remember correctly, you get like links like Burger King, departments, Burger King, and all sorts of um, franchises that are in there. How does something like that go so wrong when it should be very clear? Okay, department means... Makeup department means jeans. And that comes to the management kind of of the crap that exists on the map, but also making sure that you're talking to Google about what listings should be in a department. Because when you have listings in a department, that means Google's going to nest them as kind of like children of your main sales listing. So if your main listing and then your children are going to be all of your different departments, when you've worked with Google to make that proper, that means that it's only going to show certain things for certain searches. And that, that's the proper way to go about it. So you don't end up with a Burger King right, right in the middle right. of your map or something <laughs> like that. Because then Google knows what locations to associate with that address and what locations to not associate with that address. So let me ask you, because you have a whole process for doing this, for getting this right. How do you go about getting your department listings right? What do you do? So the first thing is being able to create all of your listings. So let's say all my real world examples are automotive. So we have the um, sales listing, your service listing, and your parts department. You create all three of those and have those verified. And then you make a location group within your Google My Business and put those three listings within the location group. After you've done that, reach out to Google and say, I'd like to have these two department listings be part of, you know, be nested as departments for my main listing. Give Google all of those things. And here's the other key thing. You then want to provide to Google kind of like your hours and directions page or whatever on your website is going to show the time and the hours. Put that in your initial explanation. And you say to Google, this is my main listing. These are my two department listings. Put those links. If you would like to verify that information, please visit our website right here to get all of those information to confirm that. That means Google doesn't have to reach out to the business. That's become the key thing to make Google realize that they are legitimate departments that should be verified and nested properly. I mean, so Google is actually 
on the um, on the Outlook, they're actively worried about false department listings, or they just like they don't know what the heck they're they doing going on anyway. Yeah, they really. I think they're. I think most of the customer service folks are so overwhelmed at right. Google yeah. of trying like, and there's so much junk and people trying to spam it that they're not wanting to trust anyone. And I appreciate that. But we found by being able to add in that second paragraph of this is our hours and directions page, this is our department hour page, that's that little bit of information that helps Google verify what you're doing and it goes faster. That's really smart because you want to make it easier for them to do this. And that's yeah. It, yeah. And we've had a couple of people at Google actually say that's the key thing we needed in order to get your process moving faster. Did you get a thank you note in the mail? Thank you so much for making it easier for us. Yeah. Oh, I got a great, nice thank you email where they said, this is entirely what we wish everyone would say to be able to point out to them. So you want it to be as easy as possible. Right, right. Because that person at Google is trying to, you know, spin through their cases as fast as they can and they have certain things. Give them all the information, and they're gonna just run with it. Yeah, right you here. have to realize a local, the, the, their local team, whatever you want to call it, is completely. There's a, you know, always reports they're backed up. They're this, they're that. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The second aspect of local that I want to talk to you about is Google Posts. Um, before getting to the nitty gritty of this, I have like uh, mixed feelings about Google Posts. I like them. Mm-hmm. Like um, I look at them for sports teams, great gifts, great videos, whatever it is. Do you find that they're effective? Like for a business, I don't know that I always look at them. We actually have found that. About a year and a half ago, we did a study and looked at different type of Google posts and what was going to connect. And we saw that on average, you were seeing about 300 more impressions for a small business after they did the Google post. And this were things where we were talking about pricing. We did color test and things like that. And it's, some of it's the stereotypical bright colors talking about getting a deal and things like oh, that. Oh, is it really? Yeah. That seemed to engage with where you'd get the clicks more. It's about a 9 or 10% click-through rate we were seeing, which is still that's, good. That's pretty good. But if you can get your offer in front of 300 more people without having to pay, like if you can imprint into the search results and get 300 more views on anything in a day, that's really where we saw the biggest value. So that's interesting because you don't really see the value of that immediately, right? You don't really know what the ROI is. Maybe you do somehow. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You see it there. I. I, and, I, and I like this for, let's say for again, for like the sports teams, I do like this, where you, you see that it's there. You see that, okay, great, they have updates. And maybe I'll go back and look at something later. Like, oh, I saw they had something there. I want to research that article. I don't really have time for it right now. I'm not going to click on it. I'm not going to look at whatever baseball highlight they're showing me. But, oh, I really need to make a note of that later. Exactly. So I would assume the same thing works for a product, right? Same they have thing a sale. For, yep. I'm not going to buy it now. Same thing for putting in your product carousels, all of those things. It's that passive way to be able to own more of your search result without having to pay for it. Right. It's Google free. Tries, yeah. Google tries to get so much money out of businesses all the time, and I get it. They're making it. They're, you know, that's one of the things that allows you to do more of owning that branded search without having to give Google more money. Do you think there's somehow going to be a monetization of Google posts or, or insertion of sponsored posts? within oh yeah you start to see some of that within really within the restaurants i don't think you'll see it within every industry within the industries that they're trying to dabble in i think yes you are going to see that which is where the post comes much more into play because you need to take back if google's going to throw that grubhub ad in your restaurant you need to have counter programming on a regular basis so you get your customers without having to have that third party in there. Right. And that's really what's making local a little bit hard lately. I, from, my, from what I see is that Google's starting to throw more competition within spaces that were purely yours or solely yours um, for your brand, whatever it is, until now. Like a competition you see like um, in the in the local pack was more ads or in the local panel Google's tested throwing carousels for competitors on top of your own knowledge exactly. panel. 
and the hotel booking thing. Google wants everyone to book oh, through them and all Oh, that's a totally different beast altogether. But yeah, so if you want to take back some of all that crap that Google's doing, posts are really a way to do that. And product posts and putting all your menus in there and using your GMB is the way that you can take back some of that control. Right. Look, you can repurpose. Like you create a Google post. You can spin it for Twitter. You can spin it for Facebook. It should. Yeah. You shouldn't have to work harder on that. Right. Like it's one message. Everything needs a little different verbiage for it, but it's still the same message. Right. So. And people like that consistency. There's something about that that yeah, people there, engage with. There's something There's something said about a business, and I, I do feel this. In the back of my mind, a business that has the post, maybe because I'm an SEO and I notice it more, okay, like they're alive, they're vibrant. They're, they're doing something. They're, they're, yeah, they're there. Yeah. Exactly. There's like, okay, Google just threw this up there and you're not even managing this or acting with this. And it says claim this knowledge panel so he didn't do anything at all even. Exactly. Right. Um, okay. The last thing I want to talk to you about is UTM. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. So I know you've done a lot of cool things with UTM code and channeling grouping analytics and you're just like a super analytics maven in general. We try. Yes. We try. Um, so I'm just going to give you like the open mic. Like what has been helpful? What have you been doing? Just go for it. I think... UTMs within Google My Business is the one way that SEOs can show value to a website. It's so hard to quantify SEO to most customers. Like, they don't understand everything about what it works and the ranking factors and all of that. But if you are working on managing the business listing as well and have those UTMs for every link that goes back to your website, you then as an SEO get to claim credit for all of the interactions that happen, all of the conversion. And it's a way to take that just the organic bucket and actually quantify it in Google My Business and show the customer, because I'm managing your listing, these things occurred. That's an amazing. Like I was talking to Eli Schwartz about this, um, something similar months and months and months ago, and he said about when you're on an enterprise team, you need to show your value. Exactly. And if you and even if you like, okay, everyone knows you're doing a great job, whatever it is, but you want more budget, you need to show your value. Yep. That's a great way. SEO, it's easy. It's easier to show value in advertising and PPC because there's you know there's money and there's clicks and there's cost per click and all of that. SEO is such that kind of art yeah. and science that this is a way for skeptics and other things and an immediate showing the value and any type of customer or any type of client you're working with understands the knowledge graph and understands when I search for a business, yes. the thing that shows up when I search for that business. And if you can show a customer because I manage it, all these things happened, you're proving your SEO value in a way that anyone will get. I love that. Love it. Do it. Um, okay. So last but not least, I have this little game that I do. It's called Optimize It or, or Disavow It. It's where I give you two options. Um, either two really good options and you're stuck choosing one good option over a really, you know, another really good option. That's awkward or hard. Or I'll give you two really bad options, like two crappy things you have to do. And you got to choose one crappy thing over another crappy thing, and that's not fun. So this is the Colleen Harris version of Optimize It or Disavow It. So since we're talking about Google My Business, uh, and we're talking about um, department listings, if you had to pick one over the other one, creating, getting those listings right versus creating Google Posts. Which one would you Getting feel? those listed. Right. <laughs> right now, I'm in a doubt. I always try to think of like a hard point, and they always I always get the answer. Yeah, this one. So, okay. Getting the listings right. But, the, but Google posts are so visual. Yes, but they're so visual. But getting the listings right means that you're showing up for more searches. <laughs> right, you're not an idiot. You got your whole listings wrong. Well, yeah. Well, it, it just, you get more searches because somebody's right. searching for windshield wiper repair 
isn't going to have have a main car dealership show up, but if I've got their department listing done, it's right. going to show yeah. up for that local yes. search. Uh-huh. So you 100%. expand what you're going for with department listings. I, I've actually utilized this for Home Depot all the time. Yes. All the time. I mean, I don't go to Home Depot anymore because I don't live in America anymore, but when I used to go to Home Depot. Yeah, you get yes. it. So definitely a million percent value there. So I agree with you. Who am I disagree? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that'll do it for us. Thank you so much for coming on, Colleen. Thank you for having me. This was great. Awesome. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. I feel all out of sorts now that the interview came first. I'm totally off my game. Really? No. Like, I'm (laughs) half off. (laughs) Half off my game. (laughs) I don't know what my game is. What is my game? No one knows. No one knows. That's great. No one knows. I don't know what that means. Like, I'm on my game. I, whatever. Another weird expression. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe it does. I don't know anymore. Anyway, great speaking to Colleen. We're back here. Um, so as you know, as you know, we're in the middle of COVID-19 still. This bastard is not going away. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. My family in New York is under lockdown, I think, now until May 15th. Which is insane. Oh, wow. I wish they had COVID-19, by the way, when I was a kid. This way, they could have what? put my family under lockdown for like three months. That would have been awesome. But like, you know, I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't have to see anybody. Your family in the same house, you would have. <laughs> That's a bad point. No, like once I, I'm assuming I'm out of the house. In my, in, in my fantastical situation here, I'm out of the house and they can't bother me. None of this makes sense. Either way, we're in the middle oh, okay. of COVID 19. Um, in case you haven't noticed, there's this sort of monster of a SERP feature. On the SERP for COVID-19 queries, you know, you search for um, COVID-19 cure or COVID-19 vaccine or COVID-19 map, whatever it is, coach COVID-19, let's keep it simple. And this SERP feature will change the SERP forever. It is really funky. It is coming at you, which is why we're going down to do some funky SEO. Banging out the funky beats. I promise you every time we do this segment, I would do, we want the funk, oh, give no. us the funk. No. So I'm doing it. Anyway. No. So. Thank you. It's up here. In your understated way, you've seen yeah. the COVID-19 SERP, I'm assuming, yeah? Yeah. And you've seen this feature. Crazy. Yeah. It is. It's super impressive, actually. You know, I like that it has SERP features such as, you know, help information box. It has a map. It has common questions. And you, you also get, like, a, a side menu with red links that leads you straight to, like, important information such as symptoms, prevention, etc. So it also looks super reliable. Like if you click on the prevention link, you the first thing that you get is a very informative and straight to the point information box that was pulled from the World World Health Organization website. And all in all, it's it's very impressive. Uh, it has really eye-catching design. So props to Google. Seriously, it is props to Google, big time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's awesome. I mean, you you really kind of see Google that it's like full power here. Like they pulled out all stops. Right. Like, this is what it looks like when Google doesn't hold back. It's like we're out of the junior leagues, and now we're looking at some real, rough, unprotected football. What do you think I was no, going to say? What? what do you think I was going to say? Anyway, I don't know where to start with this. We're just going to gloss over what I just said and all the innuendos about it. Um, okay. I don't know where to start. I mean, you did a, you did a great start, actually, that visually describing this thing. So, yeah, right? right? You start off, you, on, the, on, the, on the right-hand side, you have... On this giant map of infections by country with tons of stats under each, you know, under it for your location and then globally. 
Um, and, and both the map and the stats lead to full-on data analysis. Like, it goes batshit crazy with data. I should not have said bats. I'm sorry. I should not have said bats. It's just, like, full crazy with data. Right. Too soon for bats. I wonder if I have to push off Batman. There's a new Batman coming out. Like, like that's not coming out for, like, Let's years. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Batman, the Wuhan Knight. For, I'm just Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Okay. So, yeah, by point one, tons of data. Tons and tons of data. Unbelievable. I like data, but what do you think that means long-term? That's a good question. Long-term, I mean, again, again, it just shows you, like, what Google could do if it really wanted to. Like, think about a disease. Like, any disease. I don't know, Parkinson's, okay? Google could show you the percentage of a country's population that has Parkinson's or has heart disease. Or then, let's say, take heart disease, right? Google can show you the percentage of America's population that has heart disease and then break it down by type. Diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood, whatever it is. Like, you can go, like, all these, like, data health websites could be, like, worthless. Google can just do it for you. Yeah, it, it is kind of scary. Considering how much traffic Google already takes away from this kind of website. It's definitely a concern. I'm just not sure I'm down with Google thinking, or I'm not sure I believe Google thinks, that their job is to make the SERP into a data center. I think it works here because that's what people really want. I'm not sure it's what people really but, want. When it, like when you do like some kind of heart disease, high blood pressure, Google shows you information related to high blood pressure. I don't think the stats are what people are really looking for in general. So I'm not too worried about that kind of thing. But yeah, it does show you like, yes, like that's what could happen. To me, the left side of the page is the money side of the page. That's where it gets crazy. Google, so yeah. as Sapir mentioned, Google has this left side menu, which is sticky. I don't mean if you touch your screen, it's sticky. That's obviously stupid. What I mean is when you scroll down the page, it sticks with the page. It's still there with you. So even though you're looking right. at result 10, the left side menu still shows up. And the me- the left side menu, as Sapir mentioned, but I'll say it again because it, it's hard to me- realize or visualize something you're not looking at. And this is an audio experience. But the left side of, the, of that menu on the COVID-19 SERP has a few tabs. And they are overview, symptoms, testing, treatment and statistics and clicking on any of these tabs on the left side the sticky menu that follows you brings you to a new SERP for that category this seems so much like the knowledge panel tabs like instead of a tab with more information you get the tabs that change the entire SERP to focus on that tab's content yeah exactly that's perfect for entities and that was my second thought like, yeah, you can totally make this, like, instead of having, you know, you, you, I don't know, the New York Yankees, you have players in the knowledge panel, you have um, schedule, you have, I should totally know this, you know, images, whatever it is, videos, you could have a sticky menu on the side when you search for Yankees that says players, and it, you click on players, you go to a whole new search for players. So, yeah, you totally, but that was my second thought. Second thought? Second thought. That, that's the one that comes after the first thought, in case you well, didn't realize. Mm-hmm. That's no what idea. I'm here for. <laughs> No, but really, okay. Get to the point. Get to the point. Thank you. I'm, we could not get through an episode without you yelling at me to get to the point. So here it is. And it's where it gets funky. And it's where I think Google's going long term. And I've been banging on this drum for a while. There are a few white elephants that Google has to deal with on the SERP. Um, on its quest for personalization and result diversity, as well as to throw the monkey that is his bubble filter off its back. Wait, I have like elephants? Elephant. Monkey? What are you talking about? I'm talking about what happens when you have raw meat, raw monkey meat, and raw elephant meat, and they sit out for too long. What would happen then? It'd be COVID-20. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. A white elephant. Okay, Google has all these problems on the SERP. They're big problems that it can't really deal with or it has a hard time dealing with. And I'm talking about personalization, result diversity, and the filter bubble. And the COVID-19 SERP, that sticky menu on the left-hand side, solves all of these three things. All of them. Hands down. And this is why I think it's the future of the SERP. So we want to get into specifics. White elephant number one. Okay, there's a few things that Google has to deal with the major problems, right? Personalization, diversity, result diversity, uh, and the filter bubble. And the COVID-19 SERP, the COVID-19 SERP functionality solves all of them. Right, so let's deal with one at a time, okay? Really okay. high, you know, personalization, really focused personalization. There's no way to get there. And there's, I don't care how good Google is going to be. If you really want to offer supreme personalization to the user, you have to allow for user input. No one can guess exactly what the user wants based on search history or whatever else Google's using. You have to give users a way to input what they want. And I've talked about this before. So how does the COVID-19 functionality help? Because it lets, choose, it lets the user choose what they want, right? Like forget COVID-19 for a minute. Let's do something like, um, I was like, all right, so I don't live in the U.S. anymore. I moved out of the U.S. and I had a will in the U.S. I was recently looking this up and my will is now garbage. So I have to get a new will okay. in case I die okay. and in case my wife dies <laughs> and my kids are stuck without parents. No, it's God a real, forbid. okay? God forbid. Poo, poo, poo. Yeah. So I, let's say you do a search. I was looking at this a little bit. How to plan my estate. I was looking at how to really how to plan my will, whatever. But let's just do how to plan my estate. There's a lot to chew on here. Now, there's basic information that goes into estate planning. There's also the books and media, self-help on the topic. There's the financial end of, uh, end of planning an estate. There's a legal side of planning an estate. Like there are actual estate planners. Or if you're in the U.S., each state has different laws about estates. So if you're in Maryland, you don't need an estate lawyer that handles New York. You need one that handles Maryland. And the SERP is all over the right. place for this. The results offer me five different ways to plan your estate. They offer me self-help books. They offer me legal associations. It's a little bit all over the place. So now imagine. Now, let's say, for example, Google said, oh, you always look for local lawyers about planning your estate. Okay, fine, but maybe I don't want that right now. Now imagine you had a menu that stuck with you, a sticky sign menu, like the one for COVID-19, with tabs for overview, estate building tips, estate building self-help, local. Now, I can choose what I want and bring up the SERP that I want. So, right? You know, you, you, you get what I'm saying, Sapir? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, that will be super helpful. It would be super helpful. And, and imagine yeah. there's more than one intent. Let's say Google Let's say Google gets it right. It knows that when I search for estate planning, I always looking for some kind of local lawyer to find. I'm never happy with my lawyer. I always want a new one. I'm firing them constantly. So Google <laughs> gives me a list of lawyers. But it's very right. possible, and we never talk about this in the SEO industry, there's more than one intent at one time. Maybe I'm looking for a local lawyer, and I'm looking for some tips to build my, you know, to plan my financial end of my estate at the same time. So I could just toggle between menu options here. I click on this one, I click oh. on local, or I get the one that Google serves me up front, or then I, and then I click on, you know, estate building tips. And I just toggle back and forth. I don't have to do new searches every time. No, yeah. When you say it like that, it does sound pretty great. And it's awesome. It really is awesome. Yeah. This solves, by the way, another problem. We interviewed um, Jenny Hallis a while back already. Again, I have no sense of time. I don't know what's going on anymore. It was a while back. 
And we talk right. about personalization and diversity, result diversity, and Google's goal is to offer both. Uh, for the reason I mentioned before, you can't really know what the user exactly wants. You have to offer a little bit of diversity. I think it's a goal that Google wants anyway, is to offer personalization, but to have some diversity in there as well. And they run right into each other. They're, they're a contradiction. You can't be super personalized and super diverse at the same time. That makes no sense. So what does Google do? What are you to do? Even with personalization, you never know what the user wants at any given moment, and you need to show diverse results. How do you handle There's not enough room to handle personalization and diversity adequately on the SERP. What is Google to do? Well, now you can with the tabs, right? Oh. Like Google could, uh, could offer an initial, more personalized SERP, and then tabs to show other categories. Just bingo, know? bingo. That's exactly what Google can do. So let's say Google has my whole search history around estate planning. The initial SERP it sees is geared towards my personalization. That's at the overview. That's what I get. Really personalized results. But then you can have tabs, like I mentioned before, that, 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 that explore the other areas of estate planning. So Google can mm -hmm. offer super personalized results and via the other tabs that stick with you on the left side of the SERP, like with the COVID-19 SERP, Google can offer me the diverse topical areas that, I, that it wants to. Right? If it wants to offer me financial planning tips, it doesn't have to do it on the same SERP with my local lawyers that Google's personalizing for me on the SERP. It could just show me a separate tab that, that, or a separate button on the left-hand side of the menu that brings up a new SERP just for that. So diversity and personalization at the same time time perfect mm. so you mentioned that this helps with the filter bubble how filter bubble filter bubble okay so this is so good okay let's move away from estate planning for one quick second we're, for, I think I'll, I'll, we're not, we're not going to come back to it let's forget estate planning let's talk politics because nothing okay. causes more wars than politics family <laughs> even even with in isolation Politics will cause family wars. It's amazing. Okay. Right. So um, let's just put it this way. You hate whatever political party you hate. Everybody hates a political party. It's the one that we all agree on, I think. Okay. So when you search, you see everything on the SERP. When you Google, let's say you Google said hated party. Okay. Whatever party is you hate, you Google them. Now, Google knows you hate them at this point because it knows what you're looking at and knows what you're searching for. And Google will show you all of the things that represent that that outlook on that hated political party. Now, that's a filter bubble. Yeah. That's a problem. Now, Google, but, on the one hand, wants to give you that personalization, right? Right. But it, at the same time, is 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 um exaggerating a certain confirmation bias, which is a problem. How does Google yeah. handle that? Sticky menu, sticky left side menu. Google can show you whatever you think is personalized for you on the initial SERP, but then. Via the side sticky menu, Google can also offer the user access to the full spectrum of whatever topic that is, whatever political topic, whatever topic in general that is. Okay, but what what would it look like? I don't know. How does that look like? <laughs> like as if Google signs my my paycheck. I guess this, I, I don't, uh, who the hell gets checks anymore anyway? Um. Okay, okay, fine. Let me think about. It. Okay, let's say like here. Okay, you Google twenty uh, election twenty twenty U.S. election twenty twenty whatever it is. Yeah. And you're going to get back information that is perhaps skewed towards your political biases, whatever party you hate. Mm -hmm. Google could show a simple tab on the left side like it does with COVID-19, a, a simple set of tabs that could be uh, like one tab could be um, multi-perspective coverage or other coverage or what it does, you know, that multi um, news box carousel thing that it does on, on mobile, right? It has... 
it has a, a news box, but instead of being one carousel, it's one, two, three carousel. The third carousel always being related news. So just show a tab, right. related news. So you get all of your bias in the first tab, but then you see all related news, and that's purely objective. It's just related news. So you're offering, you're offering personalization, but you're giving them an out from that confirmation bias with the other tabs that stick on the SERP. There you go. Awesome. Solved, right? Okay. Yep, yeah. There you go. I'll take my reward what, what? now. <laughs> Morty, what do you In think cash. about the related question boxes? The related, which ones? The, um, you have like some tabs headed by local resources and another headed by common questions. Oh, for on the, on the COVID-19 SERPs. Yeah. You have these like multiple, yeah. multiple PA boxes. Um, I love this. I can solely see Google offering more related question boxes, nuanced. Like what you see now is like you have related questions. People also ask. I'm sorry. That's what we call them on the technical side. People also ask. And it's just people also ask. But like imagine Google segmented like multiple people also ask boxes, but segmented by question type. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be great. Good point. Okay. Enough of this. We're rambling on. But good thing we did the interview already. So no one has to suffer. Right. So enough of this. Let's cover the news. Sapir. It is time. Could you please hit it with the news? So, reviews are back. After Google turned off reviews due to COVID-19, the search engine now allows you to leave reviews and reply to them as well. Yeah, that is interesting. I would love to know like what changed, like, what, what happened that <laughs> made them change and go back to them. But, yeah, good thing they're back, I guess, unless you get bad reviews. Right. It is interesting. Yes. Okay, moving on. Google rekindles the debate around EAT being part of the algorithm by updating a post that says, since we originally wrote this post, we have been occasionally asked if EAT is a ranking factor. Our automated systems use a mix of many different signals to rank great content. We've tried to make this mix align what human beings would agree is great content as they would assess it according to EAT criteria. Giving this, assessing your own content in terms of EAT criteria may help help align it conceptually with the different signals that our automated systems use to rank content. So this is like amazing to me. First off, yeah, EAT is part of the, the ranking outlook. Now everybody's jumping, going crazy, like, was it a ranking factor or not? Who cares? Does it really matter at this point? <laughs> Okay, Google is trying to do whatever it can. I don't think people realize, like, like ranking factors. Okay, let's put it this way. Um, if I told you that Google can analyze page quality, you'd be like, yes, of course, Google can analyze page quality. This is low quality. This is high quality. It's not doing that directly. Google cannot, cannot analyze page quality. It can use secondary signals that would seem to correlate or indicate that this might be quality. It is not qualitatively analyzing the way you might qualitatively analyze it. This is no different. This is no different. This is Google saying, well, we can't actually analyze authority. It's a very thorough kind of concept. So we'll use other signals to mimic analyzing authority, just like we mimic analyzing page quality. I would describe as being like meta, meta ranking factor. Okay, this is like setting up a base. Like Google's looking, okay, how do we, I would put this more in terms of how to understand this content versus like, okay, here's a ranking factor. Like, how do we understand this? What kind of content is this? Is this authoritative? Is it not authoritative? If it's not authoritative, how do we apply the ranking signals to this given the niche? I, I, we're taking, we're we're being silly about this already at this point. Whatever, I'm rambling. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Okay. <laughs> Lastly, Google lost a major legal battle recently. A French court has ruled that Google must pay for the news content it shows within Google News or on the SERP. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know where to start <laughs> with this one. I have a very controversial opinion about this. And okay. I'm not sure to share it or not. Uh... Because this gets all into politics, which is not really my point. Um, okay, one, one, one thing I will say is like, I don't, I don't know. Should I say it? Okay. Okay. A, a, a couple of things, a couple of things. And it's like very, very quickly if I can. Okay. You know, to me, if you're putting websites are public, you can make them not public. You can make them not findable. I mean, public from search perspective, you can, you can block Google from indexing them. So if you don't want Google to index your content, then don't index it and then, then block it. Right. Right. So then, so then if the second you're not doing that. You're telling me that, yes, Google, please crawl it. And if you're giving Google control, like you're letting Google con- crawl it and access to it, then you're saying, Google, you, ha- you, can- you have access to my content. So just block it. You don't want to rank it on Google, then just block it. Simple. This is like a power. I-, I think there's a lot of power grabbing here. I don't like any of it. To me, it's problematic. You know, Google is a monopoly in a sense. I agree with that. But when it comes to French law, the French government is also a monopoly. So that's also a problem. And everybody's got all their ulterior motives and ulterior intent. This all stinks to me, is what I'm trying to say. It all stinks. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. Okay. Are we good? News? Yeah? Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it. Which means... Welcome. Which means... You're welcome. I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you so much for the news <laughs> up here. I, I, I've been off for a week. Give me a, give me a break. <laughs> okay. Sheesh. I'm going to hold the grudge forever, right? <laughs> You know, on uh, April, whatever date it is today, you didn't say thank you for the news. <laughs> anyway, this anyway. this brings us to our last and final segment of today, which is, of course, our fun SEO send-off question. Today's okay. send-off question. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, you go, go for it. It's all yours. Please. <laughs> this is my question. It is so your I'm question. <laughs> I think we've asked this question, by the way, but I don't... I don't even care anymore. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what day it is. I don't think so. I don't know okay. when the last time I changed my underwear is. <laughs> this week we're asking, what's Google's favorite cartoon character? That's a good question. Yeah, I like that. No, oh, yes, please. <laughs> okay, in my opinion, it would be Bugs Bunny, because it's the best cartoon character, and you know he always has like this master plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything always goes according to his plan. So, right. yeah, I think Google is kind of can, can relate to it. Some... That's a good answer. You can't go wrong with Bugs Bunny. Classic. Right? Not classic. <laughs> it's totally classic. I didn't really have a good answer for this, mainly because I didn't really prepare for this. Um, I was thinking uh, maybe Inspector Gadget, because like Google has all these like things that it does, but sometimes it backfires a little bit. Like un- unintended. Like you know, you don't know who Inspector Gadget is. No. They have a new one. My kids watch it on Netflix. Okay. 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 Um, how about Dexter? Does that work? Dexter? Oh, Dexter. I like Dexter. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's a good right? Mad scientist. Um, what else? Tasmanian devil. Could do that one. But 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 Dexter's sister always like, you know, gets the upper arm. You know what I mean? I didn't like Dexter. I didn't really watch it. It was like a little bit after my time. I was like already out. <laughs> I was already out of the cartoon world. Uh, we can go like full, uh, full on badass Skeletor for like think Google is evil. 
Or we think Google is great. Google could be He-Man. There's a lot of... What I'm trying to say is, I don't have a good answer, but there's a lot of cartoon characters you could use if you wanted to. Uh, okay, Marty. Your answer sucks. My answer sucks. Oh, it could be the Bionic 6, because like Google's like trying to be a person, but also like cybernetic. You don't know who the Bionic 6 are. 1980s characters. no idea. So good. Bionic 6. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Bionic. Bionic 6. R- Robocop. Also, Cyborg. Wait, is that the Sonic, Sonic guy? No. Sonic. No. Not at all. <laughs> okay. We're going too long with this, I think. Yeah. A lot of cartoon characters we could be talking about here. We could go all day if you wanted to. I love cartoons. But we're going to have to cut it short. We will be back next week with an all-new episode of the Insert SEO Podcast. So please join us again next Tuesday. New episode drops. We are back full force. Big surprise coming next week. And thank you for tuning in. It's been in search because we're all in search of something. Like knowing what the heck day it is today. Toodles. (laughs) 